doesn't matter if you love him or capital H-I-M. Just put your paws up. Because you were born this way, baby. You are listening to Twin Cities Pride Amplified on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. I'm your host, Andy Otto, and Executive Director of Twin Cities Pride. I want to welcome you to the show where we're talking about all things Twin Cities Pride, current LGBTQIA plus topics, and living our most authentic queer life here in Minnesota. We want to keep you in the know by hitting important topics, talk about things that others are too afraid to talk about, and how you can help. But of course, we can't get started without saying hello to my co-host and assistant in life, uh, Rena Isel. Rena, can you believe that we're already at the tail end of January? Uh, no, no, I cannot. Um, I feel like we are just steamrolling our way into 2024. Um, registration is already open for vendors for our festival in June. Filling up very fast. It is. It is filling up fast. So uh, food vendors, artists, anyone interested in participating in the parade, uh, get to our website at tcpride.org quickly. Get your applications in. We are filling up. Um, we are also steamrolling into February. and yeah, February already. <laughs> I know. Um, right. And something that we wanted to talk about is February is, of course, Black History Month. And we thought this would be the perfect program to introduce you all to one of our favorite authors, activists, attorneys, um, the Zaylor Stout, who is joining us today. Um, good afternoon, Z. Thank you so much for taking the time to be with us. Hello, hello. Thanks so much for having me. I mean, yeah. one of our most favorite human beings on the face of the planet. Mm-hmm. Oh, y'all, too sweet, too sweet. Uh, <laughs> so, all right, Z. You you've had a life, man. Like you've had a life. <laughs> You're a fierce advocate of LGBTQIA issues. Um, your law firm and your background as an attorney, you focus on um, representing those folks with HIV and transgender employees who've been discriminated at work. Um, you teach workplaces how to foster that inclusive. Um, atmosphere for their employees. You volunteer. You serve on a number of nonprofit <laughs> boards, um, which we'll talk about. You getting on mine here pretty quick, but that's a whole nother story. <laughs> uh, always recruiting. You're always always recruiting. recruiting. You got to recruit the best people, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, you're an award-winning author um, yes. to an amazing book. You're writing another book, but you know what I'm most proud about is that your book. Um, our gay history in 50 states is banned in some states, which just makes me so proud. I know. So right? proud. That's like my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're doing something right if your book is banned. People yes, are like, mm, exactly. It's a little too much. It's a little too much because you're telling the truth. Oh, right. funny how right. that works, right? Mm-hmm. So, did I miss anything? I mean, you're all over the place. Um, I'm all over the place. I'm doing too much. My partner is like, um, can you just sit still for one moment, please? Well, what fun <laughs> is that? I mean, we don't. Exactly. So, like, tell us about yourself. Where You know, you've, you've done a lot. You wrote this book. And as we're going into, I mean, Black History Book or Month, that's your next book is really talking mm-hmm. about Black history in the 50 states. And so how did this kind of come about? Oh, so the book idea uh, came about actually during a road trip. 
Uh, so I'm originally from Southern California, uh, moved to Minnesota to go to law school. And uh, so I've done many road trips back and forth. And uh, one of the times I was on the road trip, I was alone because my, my bestie would normally come with me, but this time he wasn't able to come with me. And uh, there was a lot of drama happening, right? It was uh, Proposition 8 was rolling in the courts. And so for those that aren't from California, that was dealing with marriage equality. First, you could get married, then you couldn't get married, then you could get married. And it was all this kind of back and forth. Um, and, and so each time I crossed a different state line, I would think, well, what relevance does this state have to my history? What relevance does this state have to my history? And then, uh, of course, when I got to Wyoming, I thought about Matthew Shepard. Yeah. And um, I wanted to lay some flowers at the fence uh, where Matthew was, you know, chained up and, and left for dead. And it was information that wasn't readily available. And I was like, how is this possible in the day of the Internet when all the information is supposed to be out there? And I was like, you know, there should be a road trip guide for queer folks. And this absolutely has to be on there. And then fast forward a bunch of years, um, I end up meeting uh, Dennis and Judy Shepard at Quorum's National Coming Out Day Luncheon which is the largest NCOD luncheon in the country. And, um, you know, giving Judy a hug and, and realizing that, that her and her husband were living through the worst day of their life every single day for me and my community and our community so that we could be safe and free to be ourselves. And then I was like, you know, if they can do this after all these decades, I need to do more. And then within two weeks, I met with uh, a dear friend, Dara Beavis, with Wise in Creative Publishing. She was like, this book needs to be made, and you need to write this book. So within two months, I started writing the book. And then two years later, just in time for the historic 50th anniversary of the Stonewall Riots, uh, Our Gay History in 50 States was was born. I I love it. It's such a unique book and just full of so much information that I can't wait until we kind of dive into that a little bit. But um, with that, because, you know, life on a radio show goes so fast, we have to take a quick break. But stay tuned because we have so much to talk about with Z. And, you know, we'll kind of start with everything Um, You're listening to Twin Cities Pride Amplified on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. We are back and you're listening to Twin Cities Pride Amplified on AM 950. I'm your host, Andy Otto, and Executive Director of Twin Cities Pride, along with my co-host and wrangler, Rena Heisel. We are also joined by the amazing Zaylor Stout, activist, attorney, author, best person in the world, um, <laughs> who we always love chatting with. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I think so for our listeners to really get to know, um, Zaylor and his story, I think that maybe we should just like take a step back in time with Z and maybe he could share a little bit with us about, um, I know where you grew up and some of the experiences from your youth really did kind of shape who you became as a person. Maybe you could give us just a little cliff notes version of the history of Z. Absolutely. Well, I grew up in Anaheim, California, about a mile away from Disneyland. Mm-hmm. Um, and so interestingly enough, Orange County didn't and still doesn't really have a critical mass of black kids. So I was like one of two, three black kids in elementary, junior high school. By the time I got to high school, maybe there was five of us. Uh, and then I ended up moving to Ventura, California, where there was 30 black kids. I was like, wow, there's a lot of us. Uh, 
but then uh, some some interesting things happened uh, when I was in high school out there, which kind of put me on this path of, of wanting to learn my history and the like. So I'm not sure if you want to dig into that now, if I'll save that tidbit for later. <laughs> you sure can. You can share because I think that um, eventually we'd like to get into how you, especially for our listeners, anyone who's listening who themselves maybe wants to get more involved, you mm-hmm. saw some things and experienced some things that motivated you to start to get involved. Can you share some of that? Absolutely. So this was uh, actually during the time, um, not long after Rodney King had been beat up by police. So it was really like the first viral video of police brutality, Mm. um, well, in the modern day times um, against black and brown bodies. And so being in Ventura, that's actually where the police, Ventura County is where the police were put on trial. And so the racial tension was really at a fever pitch. And um, so I was like, well, you know, there were and there were skinheads at my high school. So for those who don't know who skinheads are, because uh, they've kind of gone by the wayside a bit, they're, you know, what, pretty much white supremacists of the time. And um, I was like, well, it seems like these skinheads know more about my history than I know about my history. And so we started a Black Student Union, started learning about our history, doing fundraisers, getting books to put in our libraries. Um, and then a grown man, white supremacist, came on campus uh, and punched me in the face, yelled out the N-word in front of all the students at the end of the school day. Um, and then I ended up getting thrust into the limelight, having to speak at the school board, you know, NAACP meetings, all this kind of stuff, all because I wanted to learn about Black history. And this was back in my, <laughs> the 1990s. And so, uh, you know, who knew that, you know, history and being able to learn your history and know your history would be viewed as something as so um, threatening to other people, Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then fast forward today, you still have places like Florida wanting to ban the ability for black students to be able to learn our history and the re- even being able to reference that LGBTQI folks exist. So it's just interesting in regards to, you know, how things haven't changed in, in certain instances as time passes. So is that kind of how you got interested in in law? I mean, is that kind of what spur? I mean, because I know that would spur me. I'd be like, um, excuse me, we, we need to back the train up just a little bit here. But- <laughs> well, interestingly enough, when I was in elementary school, you know when they ask you what you want to be when you grow up? Mm-hmm. Well, I was like, I either want to be a, a chef or Supreme Court justice because I love food and eating. <laughs> <laughs> and I love the way that the law intersects with all aspects of our lives. And so, mm-hmm. you know, this was just another aspect and element um, of, 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 you know, understanding, you know, what brings people to that point where they feel as though that they, they feel the need to, to act violently against other folks. Uh, strangely enough, I ended up participating in a speech uh, debate uh, through the Lions Club. And, and my, my, the thesis of my speech was actually about the right that he had to, to feel the way that he did and, mm-hmm. um, and, and the, con- and how the Constitution protects freedom of speech. So it's wow. strange that I would, argue that part as a high schooler in regards to that. But uh, I went pretty, I went pretty far. I think I went to regionals if my memory serves me correct in that. <laughs> as, as you should. That's not surprising for those of us that know you. Right. So you, you wrote our, our gay history in 50 States, which I mean, it is incredible. A lot of research. What was the most surprising thing you figured out when writing this book? Hi. Um, the surprising thing is, for me is just how far our history goes back, right? Mm-hmm. So the interesting thing with this book is, you know, 
sadly, the further you, the further back you go, you know, the harder it was, was to find entries because people weren't able to be out. Mm-hmm. But people were still living their lives out and openly at the time, um, against all odds, even when the when every law in the country was against them. They were still living their true and authentic lives. And so one of the things that I loved about it was the the resilience that people had as it relates to it. And there are certain entries that, that are that are that that are definitely my favorite. I love sharing the story about Dr. Alan Hart, mm-hmm. um, who was the first trans man to go under gender affirming surgery. But uh the other part is like he, he was a doctor and he's the one that, that, that came up with the idea of using x-rays to detect tuberculosis in your lungs. So, you know, with, without this trans man, we still might have tuberculosis today ravaging throughout the world. But it was a trans man in Oregon that came up with this idea that saved probably hundreds of thousands or millions of lives. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, what has me think is, you know, especially with so many you know, trans folks, you know, that have been murdered over the years. And that was the one of the more devastating parts about me writing this book is looking at each and every single one of those stories. And there became a moment where I just had to stop writing because it was just, I felt like this tidal wave of, of grief was just mm-hmm. swallowing me up in regards to all of these stories, every single state. Um, but just think about what we have lost for as, as humanity that these people could have brought uh, to society at large. Yeah, you know us trans people, we're we're rock stars over here. I know. I know. <laughs> I mean, I can't say I cured cured anything like that, but you know, yeah, it's it it's definitely um it it's interesting and as I've really looked at you know, Black History Month and the queer history, people forget that you know, really the Stonewall riots were started by a black trans woman. Um, and Marsha P. Johnson, obviously, you know, now I think as we're trying to, you know, elevate her story and, and what she did, people often forgot about that. I mean, they have a tendency to forget mm-hmm. where people of color truly played a, a crucial impact on you know, history in general, but queer history. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's insane. I mean, I I encourage folks to check out the, you know, Bayard Rustin documentary that the Obamas did, um, you know, and he was the architect of the March on Washington, right? The critical aspect of civil rights for our country. Uh, We wouldn't have the LGBT rights that we have today, but for, um, you know, black and brown folks fighting for civil rights that, that provided that, that, that foundation for us. So we've always been there. We've always been involved in regards to, uh, you know, pushing these movements forward um, and being involved in the process. Mm-hmm. Um, something that you touched on a second ago that I wanted to talk a little bit about is um, you said in organizing our gay history in 50 states, sometimes it would be very emotionally taxing mm-hmm. digging through some of these stories. And this is the author side of you. Now yeah. you have the attorney side of you where you are trying discrimination cases, HIV um, patients, just things that I'm assuming are also very emotionally taxing. So how do you, and then, you know, the activism stuff and the boards and all that, how do you um, take care of your mental health? Where do you create space to, uh, how, do, how do you do it? I'm wondering. Your plates are just so full, and yet you still have to take care of yourself. 
Well, uh, I do a daily walk with the dog and it's, uh, and it's funny when I tell folks that we live like two blocks from the Mississippi River. Uh, you know, I tell my California friends, well, we have no water in California. <laughs> it's like, what? You're by the Mississippi? Um, and so it's just, you know, calming and it's, you know, uh, way to, you know, clear my mind and everything. Um, I, I still love cooking, though I'm not a chef. Uh, I still love cooking and eating and all of that. So, uh, and, and, and spending great time with my family and friends, um, you know, I've, I've always um, been blessed with the ability to be able to interact and have folks that are that are in my circle that are different from me, folks that I could learn from. Mm-hmm. And so uh, there's always opportunities to grow and, um, you know, surrounding yourself with folks that 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 always have your worldview um, limits your ability to be able to to, um, you know, perhaps view different perspectives and have the ability to be able to interact with different folks. So even me going to law school at the University of St. Thomas School of Law, I'm a uh, California liberal Buddhist that went to a conservative (laughs) Catholic law school uh, in Minnesota, but um, ended up having an amazing, uh, amazing and great time. And I wouldn't do it any different. And even ended up getting elected student, you know, uh, president of the law school. Um, And, and it's just a testament to the ability to be able to, um, bringing people together and be able to foster all those discussions and have everybody feel as though uh, their voices are, are heard and valid. That's just something that popped in my head is Andy also went to culinary school did, and yep. is now the executive director of Twin Cities Pride. So there is maybe something about mm, yeah. like, food, bringing folks together. The comfort <laughs> of food, yeah. Well, and sometimes I think, you know, you it's the draw to activism when you see things that aren't, Right. And you just honestly can't shut up. Like, I think that's me. Mm-hmm. Like, I see that in just and I just get so fired up about it. And if, you know, I can help one person, then, you know, I feel accomplished. Like, that's that's kind of, you know, how I go. And I still love food and I still eat a lot of food. So <laughs> just say it. Well, we're going to have to come over for dinner then. I'm, 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 I'm right. volunteering you to uh, I'm inviting ourselves over. How about that? Yeah. Well, sounds good to me. I mean, we'll just, <laughs> gosh, that could be a really long conversation over a dinner table. That's for sure. Perfect. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So as we're talking about, um, you know, February, we're going into February, Black History Month. You know, I think a lot of us sometimes forget to check our privilege, Right. Um, And so if you could give some advice to our listeners about, you know, what we need to remember all 12 months out of the year, but, you know, maybe take a step and think about it um, a little more in February, what would that be? Well, it's that we've, you know, it's not just cisgender, straight, white men that have made contributions that have made this country what it is today, Mm -hmm. Um, you know. And so that's why it's all important about uplifting women's history and Native American history and LGBTQIA plus history and black history and AAPI history, you know, um, Latin and Hispanic history. You know, we're a unique country where, you know, we have so many folks that have come from all over the place, unless you're Native, unless you're, you know, everybody else has been here. Everybody else is an immigrant. Uh, so let's be real uh, as it relates to that. But um, being able to, you know, bring in the best of everybody's culture and experience um, and being honest in regards to our history and, and, and all of that, I think is the important aspect and element of it. And so, you know, you know, 
slavery was a, it was a an important and significant part of our country's history. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the, and, and, and some of those, the challenges from slavery to Jim Crow and, and the black codes and things of that nature, um, have, still have impacts on people today. So I think that's really what it's been about is, is the reckoning as it relates to being honest about our history. Mm-hmm. Um, and, 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 and really trying to atone for that. And, and I just think it's important that, that, that black history is American history. It's just that simple. Yeah. Um, if you were to strip away all the accomplishments of any of everybody that's black, I mean, what else, will, what history would there be left? Um, there would be history, but it wouldn't be as robust and as, 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 as full as it is now, especially from a culinary perspective as well, since we're talking about. <laughs> oh, <land. laughs> for sure. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, that's, mm-hmm. that's a whole big thing. I, um, had the opportunity to sit at, at, uh, POC pride this year, um, and obviously, as a white trans man, um, I, I come from that perspective. And there was a gentleman who sat there and he said, you know, Andy, I need you to remind you of something. And that is when you walk out in public, you are seen as a white cis man because mm-hmm. I pass as that. And he's like, I'm seen as a black cis man. And it, he's like, don't forget your brother. And that ha- I mean, I think about that statement every single day of my existence now because you know i am very aware that him and i both being trans are still treated very differently and it it blows my mind like i and i hope he knows how much that impacted me um and, and how much that plays but you know, we're still dealing with this right now, especially, you know, in the queer community, you, you're taking two marginalized groups and melding. I mean, what is your advice to to those folks that, you know, the people of color that are in our community that are kind of getting hit double whammy these days? Mm-hmm. I mean, they're getting hit from both sides. Mm-hmm. Like, how can we uplift them and elevate their story and amplify their voices? But, you know what are some things maybe that they could do from your, your opinion? Well, first I I think it's important to make sure that you're, that you're interacting with folks from communities that are unlike you. So if you don't have, you know, black and brown folks that are in your circle, if you don't have folks that are trans that are in your circle, you know, have those discussions, right? Reach out to somebody, have, ask a friend and be like, Hey, do you know somebody or, you know, somebody that has a friend that's, Hey, can I go to lunch with you? Can I go to dinner with you? Mm -hmm. You know, and, and, and have those dialogues and those discussions. I mean, really, it, it reminds me of, of Harvey Milk's, you know, theory that the more folks that come out and they see that, that there's folks that are LGBT that are in their community, that are in their circles, that are in their families, that are in their workplaces, that, um, that are, that are part of their, you know, religious congregations, um, that it's going to be different when it comes to voting for them. And I think that's part of the reason why Minnesota was the first state to defeat a marriage amendment was we really got boots on the ground as it relates to that and made sure everybody talked to everybody, their neighbors and all that kind of stuff. And it's like, you know, if you love me and value me as your neighbor, as your, as, as part of your family, as, as somebody in your workplace, um, then, then, and, and you want me to be happy, just like you're happy and, and, and the ability to be able to secure love, um, and marry the person I want to marry, then, then vote for, vote for me to have that equality. Mm-hmm. And, and I think some of that is really important as well. And so sadly, you know, there's still folks that are, L, G, and B that don't have a lot of trans folks that are in their circles as well. And so I think that's, that's, that's work that, that we even within our own community have to do as it relates to that. Cause there is an effort currently 
to, you know, bifurcate our, our, our community, that they're like sexual orientation and gender identity are two different things. And, and we should separate and, and their fight is not our fight, but you know, y'all are all our siblings. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and so it's a fight that we all should be doing together because in the beginning I know, and, and, and this is part gets kind of back to the book. Um, you know, people are like, well, why is this book title our gay history in 50 states? Well, as opposed to our LGBTQIA plus history. Well, once the book gets out, you know, there may be additional letters that are added to the acronym later on. So I didn't want it to date itself from that perspective. But in the beginning, it was the gay rights movement. Mm-hmm. And and even though, you know, there was infighting, even though there was pushing back as it relates to trans folks and people of color being involved in the movement, it was still it was still a unified movement to a certain extent. And I wanted to pay homage to that. And um, and I think we all still need to be able to remember that we're all in this together, because if they, they separate us, they're going to de- they're going to defeat us. Oh, 100 percent. We're better together than we are yes. apart. I keep. I keep saying that whether it's our community as a whole, whether or not it's organizations, we are so much better together and mm-hmm. we can accomplish so much more together than we can apart. Right. And I would just put a little call to action out there for all the allies that are listening, because I know there's a lot of you out there is, yes. as he was saying, put yourself out there, you know, get yourself. If you, if you have been holding back because you're afraid. You don't want to say the wrong thing. You don't want to do the wrong thing. You know, maybe you're not supposed to go to this luncheon or whatever. Go. Mm-hmm. Go to these things. You can stand being a little bit uncomfortable in order to broaden your horizons and get those different perspectives and things that you need. You need to show up. You need to go to the festivals. Mm-hmm. Go to the, the Halfway to Pride events. You know, go to the Grand Marshal ceremonies. Go to these things. You know, mm-hmm. be there. Learn. Find out what you need to do to be a productive ally, not just an ally with a label on, but actually get out there and do some of the work. Yeah, for sure. Let me jump in uh, this one little tidbit. Um, You know, all all social justice movements, no social justice movement has been successful without the support of allies. Yeah. So we weren't able to get rid of um, slavery without abolitionists and the abolitionists were the white folks, right? Mm-hmm. We weren't able to get um, women's ability to write the, the ability to be able to vote, but for men, unfortunately, mm-hmm. I have to say that I hate saying it, but it's the truth. <laughs> men yeah. saying, hey, yeah. You know, women should, True. women are equal. They should be able to get the right to vote. Yeah. Same thing in regards to civil rights, same thing as it relates to LGBTQI plus rights, right? If all gay people in the country are like, we want equality, there wouldn't be enough of us, right? We're still right. trying to get the Equality Act passed. Most Americans think that LGBTQIA folks have the exact same rights nationally as it relates to everybody else, but we don't. And so, and the majority of people want that kind of stuff to happen, but we need our allies to step up and demand that. Yeah. And, you know, and sometimes I, as I've talked to my friends who are allies of the community, you know, it's hard, especially when you come to voting, like you look at your family and your, you know, kind of tight knit Nick group and I challenge everybody to look at the broader humanity <laughs> like mm-hmm. as we're going into 2024 um, unfortunately we have to think outside of our own individual family sometimes and think about your friends your neighbors your co-workers um, all those folks that right now are fighting for just equality healthcare mm-hmm. yeah healthcare you know simple things right, right? yes yeah. healthcare for sure Parental rights, things that until you get yourself a little more immersed in what is going on in the community, you don't even realize that these are the battles going on. Right. 
So yeah. Oh, can I do a call to action to the young folks out there? Yeah, do yes. it. I remember being young and thinking, you know, these two parties are crap. I voted for a third party person <laughs> by post election. I voted for Ross Perot. In my oh, there you go. Y'all don't know who Ross Perot? Look him up. Yeah. Right? I was like, I was like, f these two <clears throat> parties, right? <laughs> but then you get older and you figure out that you know one election can make such a difference, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Here's the thing: we don't, we as the United States don't have the highest voter turnout in the world. We don't in regards to democracies. So we're nowhere close. Um, and so, if we have the young people, the young people can have the country they want. They can have, yeah. they can have a federal government that cares about equality for all. They can have a government that cares about, um, you know, climate change and all these things you really care about. And all you need is two, 3% more of young folks showing up in elections in each county all across the country and they can have the country they want. Um, but, but if you, if you stay home, if you just vote for a third party, I mean, it's, it's going to be, we're not going to get there. Right. right? Right. We see what happens when we have four years of Trump. (laughs) <laughs> and, and, and how, you know, rights that women had for almost 50 years got stripped away. Yeah. And, and our rights as it relates to equality for our community is, is relatively new, right? 10, 15, 20 years max. And that could easily be stripped away as well. So, you know, if everybody were to show up to vote, we would have exactly what it is that the majority of the young folks want in this country. And you have the ability to be able to make that happen. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, Again, remember the power that you have. Right. You know, I think too often people think their mm-hmm. their yeah. actions or their voice, you know, it doesn't have an impact. I guarantee you it's got an impact, even if it's to one person. Mm-hmm. Your voice matters to that. And so um, with that, we are yet yeah, these times fly by. Oh, so fly. we've got to take another break. <laughs> but when we come back, see, we're going to talk about your new book that you're writing and that we need to get out and launched and all that fun stuff. So when we come back, we'll talk about that. But you are listening to Twin Cities Pride Amplified on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. We are back, and you are listening to Twin Cities Pride Amplified on AM 950. I'm your co-host, Rena Heisel, along with Andy Otto, the Executive Director of Twin Cities Pride. We are talking to the incredible Zaylor Stout today, author, attorney, and activist. Um, in our last segment, we talked a bit about Z's best-selling book, Our Gay History in 50 States. Um, we'd like to take a few minutes now, though, to talk about Z's newest project, another history book that he's taking on, Our Black History in 50 States. So, um, Z, we were talking a little bit earlier about the organizational effort it must have taken to get this first book out. So what inspired you to take on a whole nother history project? Well, the plan was actually always to have a series of books. So uh, there will be others. So our women's history, of course, I will be co-authoring with a woman or somebody that's female identified because I'm not going to be mansplaining women's history to women. So (laughs) that always has to roll off my tongue all instantaneously before folks jump on me. But but there was always a plan to have a series of books, um, you know, and interestingly enough, you know, the Black History book has the opposite challenge that the... uh, 
our gay, our gay history in 50 states book is, you know, the further back you dig, you know, the harder it is to find entries. Whereas there's so much history as it relates to black history. Now it's like, what gets to make it in the book? Cause this book mm. cannot be a thousand pages. And so, so that's been uh, the other challenge now on the opposite end is there's just so much history and so much rich history. Um, what gets to make it in. So it's, it's a different kind of stress. <laughs> yeah, I don't envy you for no, that. Like, that just... That's a lot. And choosing what makes it and what does not. I can't imagine. That must be just like uh, gut-wrenching decisions. I already feel like I'm going to get beat up because I'm full, sure folks will be like, why is such and such not in the book? And it's like, yeah. well, you know, the other part is, is the interesting thing, uh, and this is something that I'm still wrangling with, is like, how do you define blackness? Mm. Yeah. That, right? I, that's a really good point. That's a yeah. whole that's the a whole, whole thing, thing, right? Right. You know, because from a historical perspective, you know, there was the one drop rule aspect and element of it. You know, um, there's, you know, always the aspect of immigrants that, that migrate to the States. And sometimes immigrants don't want to identify as black, though society here views them as black. So it's, it's, uh, I'm, I'm excited about, you know, you know, digging into some of these things and, and, and seeing where, where it leads from that perspective. But, uh, just like the first book, uh, I'm excited to have an army of, of, of youth helping me do the research. So there was an army of queer youth that helped me do the research for our gay history in 50 states. So I have, I have black youth helping me do the research for this one. If there, I'm still, I still have more research to do. So if there's some young folks out there interested in helping do some research and, and, uh, get, you know, get credit in the book for helping do the research, you know, reach out to me. That's yeah. amazing. That is amazing. What so speaking of that real fast. So you're in the process, but you know, how can us as a community or listeners help support this effort? Because, you know, let's be real. It's not cheap to do. Right. No, no, not at all. Uh, but people, people can pre-order the book. So we did have a crowdfunding campaign. Uh, um, I'm trying to think of it was GoFundMe. I think, well, yeah, let's GoFundMe. Um, but you can still pre-order the book at black50states.com. So you can get your pre-orders in from that perspective. Uh, order a copy for you, order a copy for your old school. So like, so when the book is out, it can get sent there. Um, thanks to you contributing it and donating it to the schools. I mean, that's really what we've done as, it, as well as it relates to our gay history in 50 states is, you know, for me with the gay, with the gay 50 states book, my, 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 my wish and dream is that if folks, have somebody that comes out in their life or in their community that they think about my book and they get it for them and say, here, this is part of the community you're going to be a part of. Um, and I remember being uh, a kid growing up and not really learning black history, but the benefit that I had was that I was able to learn about black history at home through my family. Mm-hmm. And so when I think about queer kids, how many times are queer kids raised in queer homes? More yeah. often than not, that doesn't happen. So then, so then it, 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 it creates this, this gap where we have a community of folks that really don't know their history. And so, you know, but writing the Black History book is to be able to provide that as well, especially mm-hmm. since, you know, uh, folks like, uh, you know, governors in Texas and, <laughs> and Florida are pushing back in regards to, you know, the sharing the diverse history and the true history that there is out there mm-hmm. as, as, a, as a defined American history. Well, one cool thing that I think I read is that our gay history has had multiple printings, Correct. Oh yeah, uh, that's I think fantastic. We're on our fourth or fifth printing now, yeah. Yeah, so you can't stop a book once it's out there. I mean, you just can't, and that's the power of the book, which is wonderful. Go ahead, ban it. We'll just buy more. True. <laughs> you want to pique a young person's interest? Ban the tell book. Them no. Honestly, yeah. <laughs> tell them. No. Heck, I don't even think that has to be youth at this point. You tell me no, and I'm going to do it. Correct. I mean. That's the thing. Don't tell is, me no. I know. We're school boards, that's a whole nother show. 
But, I mean, you want to have kids flock to the library looking for a certain book or looking it up online? I mean, just keep talking about how forbidden it is. So, And then you have states like Illinois that, uh, um, you know, approved the use of my book for teaching LGBT history in the state. So, I mean, before Florida came forward with this Don't Say Gay bill, I mean, there was there was momentum in regards to states, you know, uh, passing laws that, quote, require the teaching of LGBT history. Now, I say quotes because there's no money behind it for them to buy books. Um, there's no there's no penalty for schools that don't do it. But it's just to get it on the books that, hey, you know, you want folks to be able to learn about this. So I think if my memory is certainly correct, there's six different states that actually require the teaching of LGBT history in schools that Illinois actually approved for my book to be used to teach that history there. That That's had a- to be such a moment for you. Oh, man. That's incredible. Mm-hmm. And, and kudos to you, Z, for for just doing the work that you know needed to be done. Because mm-hmm. um, that, I, I think that's half the battle. You know, it's not right. easy work. And you talk about, you know, the funding. And, and we've talked about that on other um, other shows, too, about the fact that LGBTQ um, philanthropy is so underfunded. So oh, underfunded. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, and so... Again, a call out to our listeners here that you can do things. You can go, you can buy Z's book, um, you can pre-order the new one and make sure that those are getting in the hands of our youth because that's that's how they learn. That's how they stand up and and something as true and and real and authentic as your books mm-hmm. make a difference in a kid. Right. I mean, and for our listeners that maybe are hearing about our gay history in 50 states for the first time, it is a gorgeous book. Like this is a coffee table book that is packed with so much information. It's got beautiful images. It's organized. It's a, the fact that schools are purchasing this book, I think, is a testament to how well organized it is. Um, mm-hmm. It's just so full of knowledge. It is just a wonderful piece to add to your collection. I mean, it's so you're you're doing well and serving the community by spreading this book, but you will also get a lot of enjoyment out of the book itself because it is so well done. It is. Each state is broken down into people, places, and queer facts. And um, as well, so if you're interested in getting the the, Our Gay History in 50 States, you can go directly, if you go directly to our website and get it through us, which is uh, gay50states.com, you can identify an LGBT nonprofit that can get 10% of the book's proceeds. And on our website, we also have um, age-appropriate curriculums for free for educators to be able to use as well. And so we really try to make it easy for folks that are either homeschooling their kids Mm -hmm. um, or for educators out there uh, to be able to use this book and information to be able to share more diverse history. When it's either during Pride Month or during LGBT History Month, which not all everybody knows about, uh, Mm -hmm. which is in October. Yeah. You know, and I think you brought up something. It's learning your history from home. And, uh, you know, parents, this is a great book to sit on the table. I know my kids look through it. um, And, you know, we talk about things a lot. And that's how, as parents, we create activists. We create people like you, Z, that are like, no, we're not going to tolerate it. And so um, it's a great book to put out there. Your next one will be equally as amazing we can't Mm -hmm. wait for that yes so um but to keep up on some of the things that you're doing can people follow you on social media or what's the best way for them to keep in the know 
Yes, yes, yes. Well, I'm the only Zaylor running around out there. So if you, <laughs> you look up Zaylor, you can find me everywhere. Uh, professionally, you can track me down, Zaylor Stout on LinkedIn. But um, to follow the books, um, there's uh, Gay Five Zero States, either on Facebook and Instagram and all that, and Black Five Zero States if you want to follow and track uh, the progress for the new book as well. So those are our handles on, mm-hmm. on, on all the different platforms. And just to remind our listeners um, – any young people out there listening and you want to get involved, Z is looking for young contributors. So well, how would they reach out to you if they're interested in, in helping with that effort? Yeah, if you go to our website uh, at, okay. at Black Five Zero States and there's a contact us page, you can reach out from that perspective. Um, you know, if, if, if there's others at your school, I can do a presentation to a particular class. If there's folks that are interested, I know that I've done that for a couple of schools across the country mm-hmm. uh, where there are multitude of students getting together. And of course, it's paid. So you're going to get paid for doing the research. This isn't free research, kids. Awesome. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Are so, you traveling it, at anything- all working on this? Like. Do you go into schools at all? Do you any anything? I mean, I I do when I'm in the state, but but you know the day job allows me to do the gay job. So <laughs> the day job as the attorney allows me to work on all this activism and volunteer work that I do. So I got to have the day, do the dance from that perspective and, and making the space for both. But um, when I'm in places, I, I really try to make it. My goal is to try to make it to every single state uh, during my book tour. Our Gay History in 50 States came out right when the pandemic happened. So uh-huh. most of the book tour ended up being virtual. So um, once our Black History in 50 States come out, it's probably going to be a two for a book tour. It's going to be gay history and Black history. That sounds like a really great book tour. Oh, my God. <laughs> I would be all over that. Um, yeah, actually, that sounds really good. A lot better than some of the other ones. Oh, yeah. um, I shouldn't say that too much because Rena has written books, too. And so, you know. Well. But. I, I can I can feel your pain. My middle grade novel came out in 2021. Uh, and all these plans we had for, oh, going to Barnes & Noble and signing some copies or just having these little book launch parties. Mm-hmm. Nope. My, my, my saddest story in regards to that is that I had manifested, because I'd always wanted to go to the Kentucky Derby, and I had manifested speaking at the diversity conference that happens during the Kentucky Derby and... Kentucky Derby got pushed back because of COVID, and then they ended up having it without any people there. So I was like, no. You're going to hit it this next time around. I'm going to make it. Maybe the Black History book, I'll make it. (laughs) We've got you. Um, Yes, we will be there cheering you on. And if you go somewhere warm, I'll I'll come to that one. Come on down. Because it's it's so cold. We should probably do a remote episode from the book launch. Oh, yeah. 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 We should probably be there. Yeah. We should probably be there for that. Mm -hmm. We're just inviting ourselves to your stuff. (laughs) It's all all good. We are family. Exactly. Exactly. But I think it's a great time to remind all those listening um, that we can't do programs like this one um, or, you know, get out all the things we need to without our sponsors and donors um, like all of you. And so if you're interested in donating to Twin Cities Pride, please head, o- head over to our website, tcpride.org and click the donate button. Or if you have show ideas, you want us to talk about something, you can certainly email us at amplify at tcpride.org. Um, if you can't remember anything Z has told you about where to contact um, <laughs> all of his stuff, please don't hesitate to reach out to us. We will point you in the correct direction. Um, also, don't forget tomorrow from 12 to 6, we'll be at Bauhaus for our Halfway to Pride. That's right. Um, I know already January 28th. 
what what on earth halfway we're halfway to halfway, Pride. Wow. I know, right? Um, I do want to shout out a special thank you to our sponsor, Delta. Um, Delta has been fabulous and it mm-hmm. always believes in the work that we do here at Twin Cities Pride. And so um, I want to shout out to Delta for for their um, continued support year after year. Mm-hmm. Um, and just like that, we are oh my gosh. so out of time. This is goes so fast. It so does. Fast. So thanks for joining us today and listening to Twin Cities Pride Amplified. Thank you so much to my co-host, Rena and our guest, Sailor. Uh, we will be back next Saturday afternoon at 3, right here on AM 950, to discuss the work that we continue to do at Twin Cities Pride. Um, also talking about how we can continue to elevate and amplify not only our voices in the queer community, but those of other marginalized communities um, right here in Minnesota and across the country. So join us next Saturday at 3 p.m. on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. And thank you for being with us this afternoon. We know you've got choices and we love that you're listening to us. Let's take care of each other all year long. Just put your paws up. Cause you were born this way, baby.